Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Karen Joy, our guest today, was a psychologist in private practice for 20 years before becoming a past life and life between lives hypnosis practitioner. She has conducted hundreds of hypnotic regressions and has written four books, including as co-author, The Best-Selling Wisdom of Souls. We're going to talk to Karen today about her uh, latest book, Lost Soul, Wise Soul, How Challenging Past Lives Shapes Our Future. Welcome to the show, Karen. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you, Bob. I'm glad to be here with you. It's a fabulous book. I, I, you know, I went through it. I read it. There's so much information and I resonated with most of it. So, but, um, but you, how did you switch over from being a psychologist to, for 20 years? Well, before the 20 years was up, I started having clients going into past lives or what uh, my, my uh, professor supervisor didn't think they were past lives when, when I talked to him about it, but my clients did and I did too, thought they were possibly past lives because people suddenly would go into uh, another scenario from another era. I can remember one doctor she uh, came in with uh, a situation where her husband was cheating on her and she couldn't tell him to go. And the reason was she was had abandonment issues. Now, she, she was, you know, very straight. She didn't believe in past lives or anything like that. But what happened to her was she, um, so she had this fear of abandonment within her and I asked her to go into that. So what I'm doing there, like, now what I'm saying is, just as a psychologist, I'm asking to go into that fear or that, that feeling. Now, the next thing you know, she's in another era completely. Did you use hypnosis though when you were well, working? Well, no, not. Well, I was trained up to a point in hypnosis. You know, when you, you're medical, you can get, do little workshops and stuff, but I didn't have the sort of training I've now got. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I had knew about hypnosis, but I didn't put her into a trance or anything because people go automatically into a trance when they're talking about something like that. You know, like wow. she's feeling the emotions of abandonment. You're in a trance. And so she was automatically there and I asked her what's happening. And the next thing you know, she's, you know, um, in a carriage going along a road and she'd lost her family. That's what had happened, her family. Wow. And all through her life, her grandparents had told her that they'd gone away. So she felt abandoned. What had really happened? They'd been in a house fire and they died. Oh, that wasn't in your book, that part. <laughs> no, well, this, this, one, this story isn't in the book, right? So yeah. I'm giving you something new. But um, I'm just saying this is how I got into it, mm -hmm. this sort of thing. And this was happening frequently. And most amazing thing about it was once she went through that emotion from this loss in this past life, and cried and cried and cried, yeah. um, she she came out of it and she said to me, that was very weird, like she's crying. I said, why was that so strange? And she said, oh, they were all wearing period costumes. <laughs> I said, what, <laughs> what do you attribute that to? She said, um, oh, well, I liked reading about that period when I was young. So see, she didn't she didn't mm -hmm. believe in past lives or anything. But, you know, she went home that night and kicked him out. <laughs> oh, well, that was good. So she got over the abandonment by that, revisiting. That's right. By going, in, by going into that yeah. emotion and releasing it, that, that freed her. And in the end, they, they stayed together. But, you know, she had to get, he was, he was still having an affair, so she had to get rid of him. So, yeah, so that's the sort of thing that was happening to me. Mm -hmm. And people were it was changing their lives and and yeah. I thought wow this is amazing and that's when I decided to study which I did with the Michael Newton Institute who does they do courses on um past life and life between lives yeah. right so you went into that depth. now one thing I have to wonder about we have all done 
and it's my belief too, so many past lives, so many lives. How is it we're in any way functional? <laughs> you know, with all of those experiences that we just didn't curl up into a ball and disappear. Well, I think it's because we do forget the details of them. I like we the emotions carry over to a large degree or anything very traumatic carries over into later lives. No, not every life, if it's triggered, it's got to be triggered in a life. But if we, you know, if we had all of that at once, you know, it would be overwhelming, of course. So that's why I think we forget and yeah. we get on with our day-to-day lives. And of course, we know this planet, it's so real that mm-hmm. we we really believe we are humans and that's all we are. A lot of people do anyway. Right. Most of the kids will have um, memories up until about four or five, and then that veil just gets pulled and it's all gone. All that. That's, that's right. Yeah. All that. Well, they get absorbed, there. don't they? In the, in the physical. Yeah. It, it almost right. seems like something genetic, you know, the way it gets pulled and all memory is gone. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's almost it like, is. It's, yeah. I think we um, just get absorbed in the physical. You know, I think I think the physical itself, like being here, mm-hmm. gradually absorbs us and every person to different degrees, I guess. And as you say, you call it in the book amnesia. We we yeah. sign up for the amnesia. But yeah, it, it's right. amazing that we haven't frozen by the trauma. And you talk about um, freezing by the trauma. But before we go into that, um, why did you decide to write your book? This book here, hmm, that's a good question. I'm trying to remember <laughs> why exactly. <laughs> well, obviously, it, what happened was I was I was doing regressions mm-hmm. with people and they were coming along and most of the time they were, I would now say, tame, like they'd have losses where they'd lost loved ones or um yeah, they'd lost loved ones, had trauma, but not really this sort of trauma in the book, which, you know, lost soul trauma. Right. And my colleagues, when I, I went to a, a beautiful conference we had in Baltimore and my colleagues were there and I went around asking them, like, who's getting these really dark past lives where people have been perpetrators? And they weren't. I only found one, Elizabeth, who lives in Denmark, was the only one who really had, she had a serial killer in her, um, one of her clients. But apart from Lisbeth, nobody else was getting these very heavy, dark past lives. And I thought, well, somebody's got to tell this story. And I was very lucky because one of your people who you've spoken to recently. um, Angela. Angela. Angela was there for Llewellyn and I asked her and said, would they be interested in a book about the darker past lives? And she said, well, it depends how it's written. Well, that was years ago. It's taken me, I think that's five years ago. So it took me quite a long time to, to get it all together. But but Angela championed the book and Llewellyn published it eventually. So yes, so yeah. that's why I decided to, I had to write it because I was having this experience and I thought people needed to know about it. Now, why do you think you were getting the dark lives and um, most of the others weren't? What a great question. (laughs) Because I've been down that track. I've been dark, very, very dark in my past. I got lost. We get it. That's why I call it lost soul. We get lost. We separate from source and we go our own way. And most of us, if we have a look, you know, watch the TV, you'll see people who are not in tune with their higher self you know, they're going their own way, separating. And so I've been down that track, you know, I've been down that path. I've remembered those past lives. They're pretty traumatic, I'll tell you. Now I want to know what your past lives were. I have I haven't told anybody this yet. No, but I know, I've, tell me. But I've got to spill it, haven't I? I've got to spill yeah. it. <laughs> You're right. Well, I, let me let me give you the previous life before I went mm-hmm. really dark. Now, I, I was a stubborn soul. I call them stubborn souls. Mm-hmm. I was very stubborn and um, I remember some past lives where I was pretty, you know, I wanted my own way. Let's put right. it that way. That's what I mean by a stubborn, stubborn soul. Then mm-hmm. I had this life where I think I was meant to wake up. It was a planned life. I was a, a, like in somewhere maybe where you live, you know, in the mid Midwest right. um, or middle yeah, mountain yeah, area I'm in or whatever. Denver, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. well, maybe, maybe a bit further south. 
and mm-hmm. you know where it was dry and they and were pioneer and my husband I'm burying my husband and I've got two children and they're playing down by this little um this river that ran around the property and the next thing is tsunami now inland tsunami I never even believed this was possible I didn't know I first, that could happen yeah it happened here where I live not far from where think. I live here in, yeah. in southeast Queensland Australia it actually happened inland and a whole lot of people died here oh um, my God. about about four or five years ago. And wow. I, until that happened, I, like I'd remembered this past life and I thought, is that possible? You know, like when you rem- mm-hmm. have these memories come back, you sort of wonder. It swept them away. And now I've lost my husband, my children, and I was so furious with God. Yeah. I cursed God. And I mm-hmm. said, this is the curse. I said, I'll never love children again. Wow. That was my curse. Oh, and that's so a, it, a rough imprint. Well, yeah. that's a big imprint. And when yeah. you say something with that sort of conviction, it reverber- reverberates through your lives. And the next life, I, I was a male. And when I saw the softness of a child, like a child look at me, I externalized, like I'm terrified of, of love. You know, I don't want to have love. So I want to kill that feeling, but I don't kill the feeling like what we should do what do you do what mm-hmm. do you think you kill the breathe. child <laughs> you don't what? grieve you kill the child oh my god I didn't even go there yeah can you can you see the logic of it it's crazy but you're externalizing and that's what this book you'll see there's a lot of people externalizing their trauma instead of mm-hmm. dealing with it on the inside they externalize it and they want to kill whatever it is that's causing the problem. That's a crazy thing. Right. Like, right. you know, we're past that now. But but there are people out there in the world who are doing that. And you were doing that in a past life? In a past life, yeah. Wow. So what happened, this is what happened. I'll tell you the rest of the story. And I haven't shared yeah. this with anyone before, but I'm going to. I have to, you know, like, I mean, I have to come clean. My beautiful clients <laughs> have come clean. everybody else, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. And so in um, what happened to him after that, uh, he he had one child just, and this is what happens in the book, and you'll remember, a soulmate or somebody close to you as a soul wants to get you out of that. Mm-hmm. And they sacrifice themselves for, to do that. And this child is just looking at me with love mm. when I'm doing this to killing this little being. And so your so soulmate came to basically service you by waking, as you call it, waking you up. Waking me child. up, yeah. And you know, in the book, because you've read it, there's several cases where that happens, where mm-hmm. the the soulmate and they and you can't hold you you just you can't get past that. So then, of course, you got you can't do it anymore. You 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 want you're full of guilt and self hate and everything, and you end up getting caught. And I was hung. I went through that hanging like that I didn't know what was going on at the time, but I actually relived that hanging. I was pretty wow. terrified. So I was carrying yeah. a lot of fear in this life and, you know, oh, it's such a released, relief to be released from it. Yeah. But that's been my lifetime, this lifetime, to relief, release it and then write about it. But that's what happened. I yeah, have to that, ask, do you have kids? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I do. Okay. I, do I was have just children. after telling that story it's like do you yeah well that's some that's several lifetimes ago now but Mm -hmm. I had quite a few lonely lives after that too I didn't I didn't have children in my previous life yep and and when you have an experience like that like when I work with people I'll take a look at what past life is impacting this life and not all of them are you know this lifetime you might pick okay I want to work on this this and this and those lifetimes are impacting that's what I see but with you, uh, what you're saying is that lifetime was going to under, it was undercut all lifetimes, basically, until you got away from that. Well, it was the dark, it was the, it's the darkest lifetime I've had. Right. Like I've had other lifetimes where I've been sol- a lot of soldiers and that where I've, yeah. you know, been in battle and killed and all that sort of stuff. But that was the darkest. And I've thought so much about it, that moment of loss where I think sometimes we have lost to wake us up, you know, to, to, when I say wake us up, I mean to start grieving, but see Mm -hmm. that lifetime that I was so stubborn 
I still couldn't go into the grief. I went yeah. into the hate. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the grief was so overwhelming too. I mean, to lose everybody. Yeah, you know, that, I mean, it was. It'll I think, freeze I, you. It'll freeze. I think I think I don't think we knew. I think it might have been an opportunity to wake up, but I went in the other direction. But eventually, it happened anyway because you know that's and that's people do sacrifice themselves to wake somebody you know their their loved ones up like the soul mate or soul relatives i up. call them service souls <laughs> you know yeah. where they where they come to just kind of either knock you onto a different path or you know in some way they change your life they have come to sacrifice themselves to either allow you to experience something like, you That's know, right. you could be an alcoholic all your life and here is the person that stood by you and they enabled you and that might be a service soul. Oh, absolutely. You know? Service soul is a good, good name. And I I can remember one of them who she was burnt at the stake and, uh, and but it, she, I said to her, so how are you going there with the, like, because I do take people into death experiences, right, to release right. them. And I said, so what's happening there? She said, I'm in a bubble. She said, I'm not, I'm not. So she was being burnt, but she didn't experience. She was out of body at that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, she felt she was like protected in a bubble or out of body. So it's not always that it is that traumatic for them, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. But they do come and sacrifice themselves. And, you know, in my book, there's cases where that does happen. Right. And that is... um what I was saying at the beginning, how after all of the lifetimes and all the trauma, how are we functional in any way that, as you said, she was in a bubble, so it wasn't a trauma. Yes, for her, that was the case. But for me, um, I, I, like a lot of us aren't functional. And that's why yeah. this work that you do and I do to help people, that's what it's all about, is helping them move on and that dark path, you know, this dark path that some, a few of my clients in have in the book. The book, as you know, is a story like about a, a, all of our lives and sort of right. how they play out, um, the arc of our soul journey, I suppose you could say. But you know, we, I just lost my train of thought there. But, but we we are um, we we are coming out of that. You know, we're we're learning from that. We're we're experiencing that to learn and grow, you know, going down that dark path, it's, it, mm-hmm. it's contrast. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing. It sounds bad because from the human perspective, but yeah. from a soul perspective, it's rich. <laughs> That's what they call <laughs> from it. From a human perspective, <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, you talk about uh, Yvette, who was a um, slave a slave owner or slave sold slaves. That's right, a slave yeah. trader. Trader, yes, yeah. that's right. So, do you want me to mention her because uh, yeah, that was pretty because, interesting? Yeah, very. And and the person that what really shocked me is when you were first you knew her as a caring, generous person, and then you regressed her. And yeah. so I'm going to give it to you to take from there. Well, she she regressed herself pretty quickly, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, she, yeah she'd, she'd come to see me as a psychologist and we'd worked through a lot of issues in her life. But she was a pretty together person in lots of ways, you know, mm-hmm. and she'd worked through some issues uh, with her parents and uh, who were who were overseas. And she um, she came back. She came to see me because she was. Uh, being attracted to narcissists she found she'd be attracted mm-hmm. to somebody and and then she'd find out that they what she called narcissist or you know they were quite self-centered and she didn't realize that and then when we went into she was just such a wonderful you know subject to go she just went in very quickly into this and her story's great yeah. yes yeah and suddenly she's she says, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And I'm saying, thinking, what? what's going on, you know? And she says, I'm a slave trader. And so she was shocked to be the slave trader because, yes, she was beautiful. She, if you knew her, she's French. She's just beautiful, a beautiful mm-hmm. person. And uh, I'm still and in, in contact the, with her. Yeah, yeah. In the book, you said that this other person, like, she was so cold and cruel. And, oh, and yes. um, 
I, I don't want to call it flat because it had emotion, but the emotion was so um, not her. She shifted. <laughs> she shifted yeah. when she said, I'm the slave trader. And then I, so I said, how do you feel about that? And I'm expecting her to say, oh, you know, because she was horrified herself. But right. she suddenly slipped into the slave trader and she said, I'm enjoying looking at this beautiful young girl who's going to be sold to this, this horrible, you know. And she predator, enjoyed predator. The, the pain that he. Yeah. Uh, she, he was, she was a he in that life. That's right. right? Yeah. That's right. And he so, was enjoying like, in, and because he was so, this, and this is the whole point of the book in a way is he was so shut down emotionally that in in that life that that's all the feeling he's getting and I think you can even see that in some of the people who do terrible things like you know we see people shooting killing and everything all sorts of things happening that they're so numb that they feel so little that they they almost need to feel alive they've got to do something terrible you know like this is a sad thing about it. So that's an example of what was happening there. And of course, it was a remnant that was left over from that past life. He had died and he died in trauma. Mm-hmm. And and uh, then he was rescued by, again, a soulmate, I think, if I remember correctly. She was a soulmate, that, that slave girl. The slave girl that looked at her with pity. And it yeah. was the pity that he just couldn't get past. That's when right. he was so cruel and he was so, he was in enjoying her, um, what he was doing to her, selling her to the a trauma. horrible person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no enjoying way. the trauma until suddenly he was haunted, haunted by mm-hmm. that experience and her eyes looking at him. Stayed with him. Yeah. But it stayed what brought Yvette to that, to become a slave trader? You know, to be, to have gone that numb and that frozen. Do you remember what happened? Do you remember that? That's in well, the book too. I remember the part in that lifetime where his father had beaten him. Senseless. He'd been beaten during that lifetime, but he, but she had been dark for, if I remember correctly, a thousand years. Right. And what had happened was she had been brutally raped in oh, a previous yeah. life. Uh, um, I think about a thousand years earlier and was so angry with God, very similar to what I explained with me, like angry with mm-hmm. God. And she right. said, um, like they said to her, like, come, you know, come back up to the higher realms. And she said, no, I'm not going with you. You know, look what you've done to me, you know, furious. And this is, this is mm-hmm. us. We've got our free will, you know, like, no, I'm not going up. I don't, right. I don't trust you anymore. So we fall into this distrust and then we can have lifetimes. And she had lifetimes as a perpetrator in between. Like that was a perpetrator, I suppose you could say, but even heavier perpetration before she came out of it. And that's a setup. You know how we plan our lives. That was, I'm not saying she, some, some of them are a bit too lost to do the planning. And so mm-hmm. that it will be planned at the higher level or a higher part of themselves. But she, it was planned then to get her out of that. And that was that narcissistic life that she had as the slave trader and that was when she clicked and got out of it but there was a remnant left over because he'd still been stuck so that's what I was releasing so she was still oh she was attracted to the narcissist and the slave trader was a narcissist that's right so she's attracted to the narcissist because a part of her is connected to them like she Mm -hmm. feels sorry for them almost like she's so she's attracting a part that's still a part of herself. Um, Does that make sense? Yes. You know what? We're going to take a break right now. Oh, sure. And then we're going to come back and talk some more about a vet. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. 
Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, this is Barb Crowley, and welcome back to Metaphysics of Youth Through the Veil. We're talking to Karen Joy about her new book, Lost Souls, Why Souls. And um, we have just talked about some dark lives where we're going to continue. I want to talk about the dark path of being a vampire, a va- uh, an energy vampire, a vampirism and domination. Yeah, yeah. Well, vampires, you know... We can we we can think about vampires as this you know sucking blood or the life out of anybody, and that is in a way we bump into people who do that in a not uh, exactly like you know not mm-hmm. in reality, but in a metaphoric metaphoric way where yeah. you know they are living. Uh, on the energy of others now why is that so because they've cut themselves off from their higher self so they cut themselves off from source sources never cuts off from us but we can cut off from source and that's where like um i was talking about that life where i was you know Mm -hmm. a a, A child murderer (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) pretty bad isn't it yeah Um, might as well put it out there (laughs) oh it's terrible but it took me a long time to get over that. I can tell you. Yeah, but the yeah. thing is that uh, you're cut off, so you're you're not you're not getting the wisdom, you're not getting the guidance, and you're going it alone. And so mm-hmm. people are going it alone. What are they going to get their energy from? Well, they get it from others. You know, they and we know that we know we have energy vampires in our lives who, you yeah. know, they complain, and so that's really what it is. But you know, it's it's using that energy from other people because they've cut off their energy from above. Mm-hmm. And the story of Yvette that we talked about before as well. Uh, yeah. Well, so she was cut off as a slave trader. She was cut off from that energy there. So she, or he in that life, he's feeding mm-hmm. off these other people. So that's what, that's what, you know, energy vampires, vampires, they do exist, but that's the real the real meaning of, I think, vampires. We use the analogy of sucking the blood, but in a right. way, it's it's sucking it's the energy, the energy yeah. to to survive, to fill to survive. Up. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's exactly right. They have to because mm-hmm. where are they they want to stay alive on the planet. They need that, and that's a domination as well. Yeah, in a way, yes. That well, people use that again to feed themselves by feeling dominant. And they need that. You see that with people who are really arrogant. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have to be, and underneath they're they're feeling very small. If you go really deep, or other otherwise, why would you need to? Why would you need to be arrogant? Why would you need to be make yourself big? Right. You know, right. Yeah. Now this this separation from the source, which is really the core of when we've been um, traumatized to the point that we either freeze or we've lost trust in the source or the the other side of the veil and and as you said we've we're going it alone we're and, going it alone yeah which without the source the energy of the source we really can it's like trying to pull from a dry well i take it we really and that's where we have to pull from other people or have to um somehow we really don't have the energy in and of ourselves without the connection to the source. That's right. We're feeding, we're Mm -hmm. feeding off others and the energy of others. We're, we're leaning on them, you know, and, and they can exhaust you, you know, like they can really exhaust you if you let them. Right. But that, that having cut ourselves off from the source is what you call lost souls. 
stay or that's they're right. lost. That's right. They're lost. That's right. That's exactly right. And they are lost in a way. And and the, the interesting part about that, it's part of our journey. Like mm-hmm. we have different levels of being lost. Like I've been very lost, obviously, in my life and some of the cases in here. There's a few cases in there that have been very lost. And then there's other cases where you'll see they haven't got as lost as completely lost. Right. But we do need to have that experience of, it seems, if we want to get the benefit of being on earth, we want to get that experience of being lost because it's the contrast, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And and it, it doesn't have to be as traumatic as, um, as yours or Yvette's or whatever. It can be where we've lost ourselves and now in this lifetime, we're just kind of wandering we don't know our purpose we don't really connect we're just kind of lost that's right and some some souls uh, are less probably perpetrators but the perpetrator and the victim energy is a bit similar anyway like people probably don't like me saying that but that is there is a similarity because the perpetrator too is a victim that's what they've been a victim and then or feel like a victim and that's why they're acting out it's just a different way you know Mm -hmm. So two yes. sides of the same coin. So the perpetrator, so let's say the slave trader, when her service soul woke her with those eyes that just broke through to his non-emotion, broke yeah. through and started to break him down where he he started to come back to the source, started to come back to himself, really. Well, he came back to to despair in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, he and died despairing. And some of that energy was still left over. That's why uh, she, Yvette, was having problems in her right. current life because she was the narcissist. And kept and, trying to fix everybody. <laughs> well, well, that's right. She was, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. She had that narcissistic energy that she's feeling sorry for narcissists or she didn't know they were narcissists but they turned out to be and then she started realizing there's a pattern and of course there's this remnant left over that he died without being fully absolved like he hadn't gone Mm -hmm. right up at the end he was in a despairing place and that's what I had the privilege of rescuing him from Mm -hmm. that and then and she's gone on like she's she was she she's was an engineer like um a construction engineer and she's gone on now to help children like she's she's oh wow yeah well and and that's the funny thing about these people in the book like myself who've been down this very dark path we understand and relate to people who are lost at some mm-hmm. level of our being and we're able to help them and so the people who the darkest souls often are healing healing souls yeah now, did she come back as a as a victim? Did she spend lifetimes after that as a victim? Or, um, or does a, a perpetrator well, do that? Well, actually, before that life, she'd been a perpetrator because we went back to the beginning life where she'd mm-hmm. been brutally raped and had oh, that's right. rejected. Yeah. She'd rejected going back up. You know, she was mm-hmm. angry with God, like like I was in that life, like right. become right. angry. And then we separate ourselves out and, and go it alone, like we've talked about. And then she had she had about a thousand years of, if I remember, I can't quite remember, but she had a long time of of being separate and some mm-hmm. lives as a perpetrator because her guide said to her, "Well, come back as a perpetrator if you want to." You know, like it <laughs> sounds strange. She didn't she didn't want to open up and yeah, the, the, as a soul, right? She was still too hurt and angry to be able to come back um, as she is now. So, yeah, so we go down this dark path and then we've got to get found again. And being found is, it's a bit of an enterprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you forgive yourself once you realise you've done that? Well, that's hard. I had to do that with this particular um, life mm-hmm. that I had. And it haunted me for a long time. and. What happened to me just recently, I, um, how did that start happening? I had this tremendous fear come over me just when I was talking to some people and I couldn't speak. 
And it happened seven times where I went into this really dark place of absolute fear and terror. And I think now that I was possibly reliving those experiences of those children and uh, and I and I needed to. And the last one wasn't the same as the others because remember we talked about the one who had sacrificed yeah. herself. Yeah. And I feel I'm completely free of it now. But it's it's taken when I remembered that life. I think it was about might even be 14 or 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been really hard to get free of that and come to terms with that. That's a journey in itself. You know, that is, yeah, that is. And and that's the journey that my my uh, clients have taken because the clients who came to see me who had the dark past lives, and I don't seem to get as many now. There's different ways of doing it. They did it because we needed. I needed to put their stories in the book, I think. It yeah. doesn't seem to be as difficult now. It's almost like they led the way in a way. Doesn't seem to be as difficult now for people to get free, but um, yeah, it can haunt you a bit because that we're so judging in this world. You know, we're very judging of that sort of thing, and as we should be. I'm not saying we shouldn't be, and we need to be punished for the things that we do that aren't appropriate. There's no, I'm fully in favour of all of that because that's part of our learning. But yeah, it's hard to to release yourself and come to terms with that. But it has to happen. We have to come to terms with these things. And how how do people come to terms with them? By you understanding. Know. That's what that book's about. Mm-hmm. That's what my book is about. We need to understand deeply why we're here. And, of course, we ask for forgiveness and we make amends. Like I've, That's what I've been doing, I guess, this lifetime, helping people. Mm-hmm. And then we have to learn to love again. Exactly. Have a chapter on that. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's and right. How do we? And that's not easy either, is it? Like when you. No, that's because the vulnerability which you talk throughout the book. That's right. Is really the where the fear comes in and the protection comes in. That's right. To protect that vulnerability. So how do you become vulnerable again? Well. Brene Brown helps. <laughs> I find her to be very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, how do you become vulnerable? You you start you start weeping. You know, you start allowing uh, those feelings to surface bit by bit, and mm-hmm. feeling you you've get got to get back into feeling because you know these people who've been down this dark path, me and others, we're numb. We're pretty numb. You can't do the right. things that you do to other humans unless you're numb. You can't because we're really love. Like we really are love. And so it's getting rid of all of this um, muck, I guess, on the, you know, this negativity that we're carrying. It's releasing, releasing, releasing until we get back to our core where we are. We really are love underneath all of that. So this is a pretty tough place and a tough game to play where you get yourself so separate and so negative and so dark that you can actually do those things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you see these people out in the world doing these terrible things, um, that's what's happening. But, you know, the people who are the victims, and I know that there's a lot of people who won't like me saying this, but at some level of their being, at some level of their being, because yeah. there are levels of our being, they have agreed to do that. Mm-hmm. Not only in service, but also for experience. Service and experience. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, and then you talked about Hedda in, in your book. Yes. And um, Hedda had experienced a, a horrible trauma of losing her child and couldn't get over that. Do you want to tell us that story and how you were able to, to bring her back to the to connection? Yes, well, she's, again, somebody who was shut down to some degree and to some degree and we know that because in the story she lost her child and mm-hmm. she went numb mm-hmm. and she went numb her husband didn't so he could grieve and cry and but she couldn't and so she was stuck and she was never really connected again with her true self or a deeper self but where we're doing the regression she went through all of this like and it was in it was she lived in near washington in america in the 
18th, late 18th century. And uh, she was Belgium. And she, her husband and, and her had come out from Belgium to, uh, and he was, you know, making money and working in the, the new, fairly new colony. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose it wasn't new, but, you know, developing. Yeah. And so I think it was just after the American War of Independence, if I remember correctly. And so she lost this child, her only child, and she couldn't have any more children. She was devastated. And then she said to me, as we're going through that, she was just so sad um, in the regression, reliving that. And she said to me, I just wish I could do that life again. And, of course, I'm a bit guided during these, you know, regressions. And I suddenly said, thought, well, yes, let's do that. So then we went through and she and we asked the guides and she went through how it could have been and how it could have been was where she actually grieved because when she her daughter died she she just was trying to push away from it she was just so disturbed she was just so cold inside but this time she was warm and she went through it and it 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 turned out quite differently she went up to her daughter where before she couldn't go near her as she died she That's went up right. and held her. And that was something she couldn't forgive herself for. You know, she that, couldn't. Yeah. yeah. So in, in this new reliving it, she was able to go up and to hold her hand and to, you know, pet her hair and help her transition. That's right. Which That's released right. her. It released her. She cried and she was a happy, she was ha- she could be happy again. Mm-hmm. in that in the second version of that life the funny thing is that like I she did quite a lot of regressions with me and she in one day some maybe a year couple of years after that she we talked she mentioned that life and she mentioned it from the perspective of the second experience not the first it yeah. had integrated into her so that for her it was like she'd changed history and this is the amazing thing. Like history isn't set in a way. It's yeah. what we remember. So we can change history. Or it's parallel and going on right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> Talk well, about maybe a that's bigger what, conversation. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's what she slipped into, you know, the mm-hmm. alternate, the alternate experience. Now, why do you think she froze and her husband could process the grief? Because she because she'd had some other dark lives before she was on her way out and so the grief of that a bit like what happened to me in that life that I explained like Mm -hmm. the overwhelming grief just shut her down again yeah Yeah. so even when we're coming out you know from a heavy dark past lives we can get pulled back a bit you know a couple of steps forward and a step back Mm -hmm. it can take a long time to get back out Right. and back reconnected if you like so when you regress her do you need to not only go to that lifetime but go before that lifetime well she she came to see me and I think we did nine different lives mm-hmm. and so there were other lifetimes where she'd been lost yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. so did it change her current life absolutely yeah, yeah. she uh she'd been alone um for a long time and she met somebody and was in a relationship after that and was a lot happier. That's good. So in her current life, yes. Yeah. And so very, it's like a good ending, happily ever about, after. <laughs> well, yes. And she's a um, very intelligent person who had a lot of emotional trauma but had a difficult life this lifetime, like I did too. Some of us have had very challenging childhoods and that's and then we're that's part of us working through these um, mm-hmm. things from the past we're having a healing lifetime you know a lifetime where we can heal some of this stuff um where to from there you know you go into avoiding the depth and the inner strength and balance and you know so well, after in the book, after we go, you know, we go down, we get lost. Now we want to be found again. Yeah. And that's an interesting process too. So I've got stories there how people get found again. And not everybody goes as deep. You know, there's different levels. Like I've had some clients who don't go into those perpetrator lives, but they do 
end up being victims. And so, so like we said, the victim and the perpetrator energy, because the perpetrators themselves are victims. Mm-hmm. So you can get a lot of understanding from being a victim as well. And so we we need to go into those heavier lives. But some people come from other places and um, have had experiences before. Like I'm saying, they come to the earth to experience the earth and they come with some knowledge and wisdom already. And they often don't have to go in as heavy as some of the others, as some of the ones in the book do. It just depends. So much variation, just about anything's possible, right. I think, on planet Earth. Yeah. And you talk about simulations, that we actually do simulations and prepare ourselves because, before we come to Earth because, because of the duality and the intensity. That's our, right. We, we yeah. can practice. We can have scenarios and practice. We, we know that, that that happens on the other side, but it's not as deep, you see, in the reality Without here. Without emotion, think- yeah. Well, we forget who we are here, don't we? Like we forget. Yeah. And that so amnesia. that the amnesia, and that's the difference. But we know that's the case. Like you could lie down and think about, you know, cleaning the house and getting it all done quickly. I remember when I was young, I thought, well, get all this done. But doing it in reality it takes a lot longer. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's yeah. different. It's different where our imagination, uh, we can do things. But when we actually do them, it, you know, that's, got, that's the power of this place. The fact that we do forget. You you talk about a woman. Um, she was German, and she was her father was a, a Nazi commander in charge of a yes. camp. Yes, and she was faced with an unbelievable choice. Yeah. You want to she, tell her story? Well, she had a lot of empathy for the Jewish people who were actually starving in this situation, uh, where they were. Obviously, there was a battle going on, and if I remember correctly, they were in a camp, I think, and she was mm-hmm. sticking food to give them. Yeah. And what happened there was she, she thought she was doing the right thing, right, by helping these people. Mm-hmm. But her father was the commandant, and he found out, and unfortunately he found out in a way that he had to take action, and so she was shot. And so It we were became all, public. It became public yeah, to where he couldn't hide it. He couldn't hide it and he had to have her shot. And that was very, very difficult for her um, because she thought she was doing the right thing. But like the ambiguity of that case is that she, there was two sides to that. Like he was playing his role, she was playing her her role and she ended up being shot. And at the end, she had to find a way of forgiving her father for what he did and he had to find a way of, I guess, forgiving her. And so there was, I got the feeling with that particular case that there was no real right or wrong there. There were choices. Mm -hmm. And even if she hadn't helped those poor people who ended up being shot anyway, um, you know, like sometimes we've got to fit in as well. Right. Right. Now I'm not saying that was her choice and that was fine, but then we we don't need to judge the people who didn't go and rescue yeah. them. It's we don't very, want to be judging because we've done all this. <laughs> that's right. It's uh, I think yeah. that case was one about um, you know how like we sometimes we have to live in very difficult times and go along with things. Mm-hmm. Like I imagine there's a lot of um, Russians at the moment who are, are yeah, ambiguous right. about the situation that they're in with with uh, Ukraine and. Mm-hmm. They need to, like, make up their mind. What do they do? We don't have to sacrifice yeah. ourselves. Sometimes we're called to. We're called you know, to. Um, we only have like two minutes, and I have oh, to talk okay. about. Sorry about spiritual surrender. Yes. Well, this is interesting because we need to have a strong will to surrender. So surrender without the strong will is a bit meaningless. Mm-hmm. It's more so of that- a victim thing. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So the surrender is when we get where this stubborn, stubborn person and when we start to open up and surrender to our emotions and start, you know, really feeling. So the strong soul eventually needs to surrender the stubborn soul. And that is the challenge. But that comes to the end of the book because we've been through all of these experiences and now 
we're coming to that surrender where we're going with the flow mm-hmm. and trusting. And listening yeah. to God. Then our communication is more open. Our exactly. intuition is more alive. Exactly. Our intuition is there. It's guiding us. And, yeah, we know who to help, who not to help. And, you know, because it's it's not just one. It's more complicated than that. It's very complicated. Well, yeah. it is very. Humans are very complicated. And, and having that guidance is helpful. Yeah, sorry. Right. And um, I don't have this written down. You call the earth. Um, is it called an earth school? You call it something. Do you have a name for it? An earth school or? I, I can't remember, remember myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well, it's it is okay, the earth but school. It's, it is the earth school. It yeah. is a school on earth. Yeah. Um, that's right. We're learning. Right. At growing. Um, yeah. I want to make sure everybody can get hold of you. Do you want to tell us um, where they can find your book? This is a fabulous book. I think everybody should read this. And then come and get regressed because you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> I know. Um, but you want to say where we can get hold of you and get hold of your book? Well, yes. It's If you put in Karen Joy, uh, Lost Soul, Wise Soul, it'll come up. And mm-hmm. so obviously it's available because it's been published by Llewellyn. It's available on the major, you know, like Amazon. And Amazon and Barnes & Noble, those All guys, of those. Yeah. It should be there. Yeah. And uh, with me, my website is lifebetweenlivesregression.com.au. And so that's, you can you know, go there. But if you put in Karen Joy, Life Between Lives or something like that, or Lost Soul, Wise Soul, it'll probably come up. Mm-hmm. And the other you thing. You also I should, have a podcast. I do have a podcast where these, not these people in the book so far, but my clients who have been through these amazing experiences uh, I interview some of them. Some of them aren't my clients too, but and I'm happy to anybody who's remembered a past life. It's called Exploring Past Lives with Karen Joy. That's great. Karen, yeah. thanks so much for being on. It's been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. And oh, have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.